0: The pub was a firebrand. Warmth. Life. Hard-earned, well-smelted homestead stone. Smoke rolled like morning mist and wound up around the wooden pillars like contented cats at their master's feet. The pub was an old fellow leaning back with a sweet-smelling pipe. Every inch creaked and rattled with comfortable, age-worn ease. The floorboard squeaked joyously, defiantly, the wonderful bastards, and soaked up the sea-salt air. Green bottles, orange bottles, clear straight-through silver bottles, lined on a table, on a shelf, on a bar. Nothing ever changed, and every night was different. The ceiling was low and the walls were drafty, but the heat from that blessed, stubborn radiator and an old-fashioned, coal-crusted pot-belly stove... "'wrestled hot spots into existence at every corner. "'The night was black as pitch, and so the pub shone all the fiercer. "'It was a golden, glowing chunk of home far, far away from it. "'Mugs and trays were swept away and caught in the whirlpool, "'familiar Flotsam and Jetsam performing the same dance night after night, "'all swirling in towards the center stage. "'This evening's entertainment was Colonel Rathir Blazefeather.' He was in rare form. He flashed a toothy grin at Kella as she hoisted the pint-sized tankard and replaced it with a fresh, frothing doppelganger like a magic trick. She returned to the grin, just as toothy, and disappeared. Blazefeather threw a glance over his shoulder and watched the heel of her shoes skid around the kitchen corner, doors swinging recklessly in her wake. A competitive girl, that one. Colonel Blazefeather and his wandering eye. "'remarked Fenry Codstone, a fisherman-turned-military-man who clearly converted to a life of violence "'after decades of mocking nicknames at his expense. "'Blazefeather liked him, irrationally. "'My eyes are permanently fixed on my beautiful, beautiful wife,' said Blazefeather in a scolding tone. "'And when I'm off at sea, they're screwed tightly shut!' "'Fenry's smile turned up around either side of his wide, flat nose.' With that attitude, they'll be the only things doing the screwing. Not at all! Blazefeather rushed into a raucous joke before the blood had a chance to rush to his face. I can't get through one damned conversation about you, Fenry Codstone, without someone saying screw that guy! Every man, woman, and stovetop roared with laughter. Fenry most of all. Blazefeather listened to the grand reaction die down, grinning into his mug, eyes darting around the room with the shiny glint of a crowd-pleaser. Miko, the trawler captain, caught his glance, that strong, sensitive jawline trembling with the effort of keeping a badly-timed swallow of beer down the hatch. His fingers glittered with rings, and his shoulders shook. "'What about Three scape certified ladies' man, eh?' inquired Blazefeather, resting an elbow on the table and shifting his weight to another victim. Still rolling lucky sevens in love, son? Miko nodded with a casual swagger and took one last purposeful swallow. I traveled here with seven maidens on my ship. An amused, intrigued interest fluttered through the pub like a summer breeze. Glances were exchanged freely. Seven maidens, repeated old Reefer the oldest, weirdest, wisest man on the frontier. Were they lovely? Micah was slow and coy in answering. It's hard to say. They were all sea lions. The breeze leapt to a gale. Now this, this was good fun. Blazefeather was first in line, stumbling over witty retorts in a ballsy effort to be the loudest. Sea lions? He cried, what the devil are you doing with sea lions aboard? Michael laughed three times, clear and rich with that eastern lilt that did more than its due part in earning him his reputation. Stowaways, guessed Reefer. Or you've been even lonelier than we guessed, added Blazefeather at a last ditch joke before the truth spoiled the whole damn affair. "'Gods, boy, you should have thrown them overboard,' said Codstone. "'Overboard? I told them to take the wheel. Steam on, steam on, I said,' insisted Myko. "'I took a nap.' Despite the general appreciation of Myko's good humor from friends and eavesdroppers alike, Codstone trudged merrily on with his one-man show. "'I would have shown them my boot, or better, my rifle. Hell, I would have eaten well for a month!' He continued fishing for a crowd reaction with a bevy of crass suggestions, each one wilder than the last, but it petered out like a puddle of piss at two words from east. No permit? The woman was like a mountain. Overlooked once he got used to her, but towering in sheer silent presence. An accountant by trade and a bodyguard by training, they say. Chainmail and penmanship. Well, she was something miko hesitated a sea lion permit a live animal permit corrected east miko's dark brow furrowed which had the uncanny effect of making him look five years the younger they didn't stop me at the docks the room upended itself you mean to say roared blazefeather you still got the bloody things aboard codstone finished Chagrined as thoroughly as any turtle without a shell to hide its face, Maiko smiled a watery smile and retreated into his mug, trapped there until the patrons decided to put down their spears and lose interest. Seven seconds later, the very thing occurred. Earthy brown drinks from the cellar, bowls of hand-cracked walnuts, a great heaping sizzling fried octopus all appeared. Platters and mugs clattered to the table in one beautiful calamitous moment. Kella was back, and the charmed girl brought reinforcements. Yes, the pub was alive and well. Around for the old crumbling monument, burst out Blazefeather to everyone in particular. Reefer held up a solitary finger, rough and brown as bark.
1: I'll take what I can get.
0: The room pounded its approval on half a dozen tables and laughed the darkness into an inch of its life. The old stove joined in as always, flaring into sparks with its wheezing mirth. Two drinks for the legend reefer, amended Blazefeather, catching the fellow explorer with a winking eye and a respectful nod. May the grand old fool prove to us that sailing isn't just a young man's game. Hear, hear, cried the voices, young and old. Around for the roof that keeps off the rain and the generous tips that keep me in shoes cried stubborn Kella. To the great grand pub, agreed Maiko, raising a glass. Blazefeather clinked it fiercely with his own, rum running down wrists. It's the last good port till spire! Codstone shouted. Then it's the last good port! Blazefeather slammed down his tankard and let loose a long, fiery, shapeless yell of delighted outrage as a cavalcade of laughter piled on top. I'm a red-blooded countryman, he cried. Keep up talk like that and we'll have to take this matter outside. He sipped at the froth and let the ribbing, jeering crowd sweep the threat harmlessly under the table. Rathir Blazefeather had no intention of taking one step out of the pub's door. That damn door. He had been avoiding eye contact with it all night. Thankfully, it was then that the politics broke out. Politics were in every man's game, for every man had an opinion, a share, a stake. Never rare and hardly ever well done. They argued rights and wrongs, ignoring the mess in the middle. The wrongs, as a house of rule, were perpetuated personally by Colonel Blazefeather with a whirling kaleidoscope of colorful motivations. Walk into a governmental office once or twice, and the everyday citizen can sniff it out a mile away. After a prolonged frontal assault, enough was enough. Ten hells, I've made my stance on politicians clear as day. They're the gods' gift to mankind, protested Blazefeather, and some damn fool lost the receipt. Explain that to the wife, cut in Reefer, mouth working a rosewood pipe. "'Don't have to,' growled Feather. "'My lovely Lady Magister does all the explaining on her own.' Everyone chuckled and eyed Rathir knowingly. A warm feeling blossomed in his breast, the deep grey eyes of Junelle coming to his mind unbidden. He could feel her cool hand on his waist, and the tip of her done-up hair nuzzle into his collarbone. She was like a balm to the world's fire. Soon... Soon they would be together. They would be home. Home. The warm feeling went cold, and Blazefeather felt ashamed. It's not the Tariffs, pressed Codstone. It's the Tariffs, repeated Miko. It's the new Tariffs, clarified East. It's not any of the Tariffs, maintained Codstone. Miko slouched in his chair, running thick fingers through his top knot of wiry hair. Blazefeather, what do you say is stopping the noble sailor from doing his sailing? Blazefeather blinked and sniffed, keenly snapping into the present moment. Nothing? Why? The Ryzen's free of charge. What more do you want? The old tariffs, said East. Codstone blanched. It's not the tariffs! "'The horizon's free, all right, but you charge for the view, Colonel,' Reefer said with lazy bone certainty. "'Funny,' Blazefeather remarked, picking walnut skin out of his teeth. "'My pocketbook doesn't seem to have noticed.' "'Go home, back to the spire,' cried Miko. "'The war chest is waiting, I think.' Now Blazefeather was well-bothered. He downed another drink as the crowd watched like a pack of curious vultures." You think that's what it's about, eh? Everyone was too curious to interrupt, so in a god's own miracle, they didn't. The city, the navy, the wife. They point, I follow. Fine, all well and good. Blazefeather paused to swallow, but the second I mount on the sea, the very second, I have a new mistress. You don't have a cabin full of sea lions, too, do you, man? The patrons roughed up Codstone into silence. Leather and chairs creaked with anticipation. A blaze feather only stared into his mug, brow furrowed with a dozen lines. It's about, is all he would mutter before trailing off. There was a long-distant lull on the edge of a rainstorm. It's like the first shot of whiskey said East, evenly. That's it, roared Blazefeather. After days of gray sobriety, when everything's been said and said again, the senses flood with fire. Smoke, spray, nostrils flared, eyes stinging, throat burning, a mad, unanswered question rushing to the head and laughing aloud with the audacity of it all. Clang. Another mug conquered. Blazefeather grinned wide. It's got shit to do with tariffs. The choppy seas of their little pub were stirred up once more, as the notion was passed around like a special bottle aged over decades and discovered beneath the floorboards. Everyone wanted a taste.
1: It's a smell, too,
0: noted Reefer, swaying on a stool like a scrawny bearded owl.
1: It catches you off guard in the morning. And that's when you know it's time to up anchor.
0: The crowd murmured and nodded emphatic agreement. Fenrig Constone found it especially exciting. I know it. You just watch the catfish, he vowed urgently. I spent my youth squinting into the hell, dark dawn, looking for a silver flash of catfish. And that's when you know. When you can't catch them, you follow them. A patient man'll find something better at the end every time. End? What end? Blaze feather was up and pacing, filling mugs himself as Kella dashed off for more cornbread. Out here there's no end? No walls. Walls are what spring up behind you in the wake. But what's that but a byproduct? The raw, uncut gemstone. That's the glitter eye, Chase. "'I've seen it in a cave split open and lined with amethyst,' said Reefer in a husky, revenant voice. "'It was like an old forgotten gloaming preserved in sugar candy.'" Miko peered over steepled fingers, the whites of his eyes glinting above golden rings. "'Did you take a piece?' Reefer shook his shaggy head. "'Good man,' snapped Blazefeather. I've weighed and measured countless precious metals for my trade wagon, said East. She was seated on a barrel, her hair was in a tight bun, and her chainmail clinked softly beneath her clothes. Yet nothing has moved me so much as a dusty sweet potato. In obedient unison, they listened to the unassuming command of East's low voice. When you barter goods with threescapes, you learn the river ways. Everything has a riverway, gold, radios, leggings, pepper, their veins connected to a heart. Things are sent downstream and handed from man to woman, pieces small enough to break apart and put back together again. A trader knows the story of a single sweet potato, its route, its roots. You can tell the future from a sweet potato or see the past. Though simple were her words, and spoken just shy of a monotone, a map unfurled in the minds of everyone listening. East concluded without discernible emotion. But I've never found the heart. A thoughtful silence began to steadily fill the pub, but before it could overflow, Miko spoke. I almost did. Once. The keen, interested breeze ruffled through the patrons again this tidbit even the stove leaned in to absorb it was a hurricane began the young trawler captain my shipment to the isle was late and off course i was alone with a thin crew and the god of storms Miko's black twisting tattoos flinched and flexed as he drummed his fingers on the table it sounded like terrible thunder to the enraptured inebriated sailors a wall of water was upon us It was sickly gray and stretched taut, like a sheet ready to snap. I remember tasting panic seconds before salt, knocked clean off my feet. The vessel was lost to spray. Why I didn't die, I have no excuse. None of us died. We were drenched and forgotten. When we opened our eyes, it was gone. Nothing left but black and silver clouds floating in the air, and sweet, damp cedar. The pub waited, listening. Kella stood watching with a pitcher of water perched on her hip. The calm waters, purred Maiko. I have never experienced such silence. Blazefeather stumbled to life. Silence? A stone's throw from the aisle. Are you deaf? You don't know true silence until you've been. I was silent, said Maiko. I could hear everything. Like a comforted beast, Blazefeather fell quiet. The drunken crowd blinked soberly. It's the poetry of a man, murmured Blazefeather. He squinted, looking away. That's what you found. Suddenly, Talmud Reefer began to sing. He had a deep, hollowed out voice that was surely lined with the bark of trees. To
1: land and star I travel afar, the say of vision that leaves a man scarred, the say of vision before me The say is leaving me scarred. The silver tide and waves that I ride, they warn and beckon me, face to my pride. They warn and beckon me forward, they warn and beckon my pride. The skies are red, I forge ahead, I seek a legend of whispered dread, I seek a legend of dread. What is the legend of Whisper-Dread? What is the legend
0: of Dread? They all listened with the sad, sweet respect of a soldier sailing off to war. Miko's rich voice picked up the song before Reefers' Echo could die on the wooden walls and corkboard menus. Now skies are clear, a shimmering mirror. I see myself as myself disappears. I see myself as in ocean. I see myself disappear. Where I begin is where the sea ends, and every breath is beginning again. And every breath is not my breath, and every breath it begins. With quavering ferocity, Fenry Codstone's humble tenor crashed into the next verse. My heart is sore, my lungs are spray. I hear the thunderous words they say. I hear the words that they say. What are the thunderous words they say? What are the words that they say? Flaggons were raised like flags. With the look of a lion, Colonel Blazefeather straightened in his seat. The firelight caught a far-off glint in both his eyes. The ocean brine is flowing like wine. I drink and think of my homeland behind. I drink and think of my homeland. I drink and think it's behind. How can a sea cease even to be When he has tasted a land that is free When he has tasted a free land When he has tasted what's free When skies are red and men misled Tis I whose whispering
1: words of dread Tis I whose whispering dread what is the whispering word of dread what is the whispering
0: dread the pub burned gold well into the night